0: Chimera by Phil Goll. Read by Dan Snelgrove. Chapter 10 Caramels and Coconut Cracknel. The cavern above the Ankle Snatcher's prison was dominated by a series of huge stalactites. In the soft light given out by the toadstool lamps, they glimmered with different colours. As Kip and Atticus neared the first of them, Kip became aware of their peculiar smell, a curious mixed-up fragrance of cheese and onion crisps, tangerines and chocolate. He was amazed to find the jewel-like objects studding its surface were chocolates in foil twists. Also embedded were spirals of dry, wrinkled orange peel, clusters of nuts and countless one-penny-and-two-pence pieces. Sediment, explained Atticus. Kip's stomach rumbled. The sweet, savoury scent was making him light-headed... He hadn't eaten since his bowl of cornflakes at breakfast, and that had been... when? He wasn't even sure. Do you think the chocolates would be all right to eat? "Mm, I suppose so, reasoned Atticus, though I wouldn't dig too deep. Kip selected a crescent-shaped chocolate in purple cellophane and picked it off the stalactite. He unwrapped it, sniffed it, and then popped it onto his tongue... He chewed it carefully. It tasted good. We'd always have a big jar of chocolates at Christmas, said Kip, licking his lips. Mum liked the orange creams, Dad liked the toffees, I liked them all. Dad used to put the wrappers back in the jar. It drove Mum mad. Hmm. We always know when Christmas has come to your world, said Atticus. first to arrive are the aged and the out-of-date, last year's mothers and the novelties no more. Then come all the unwanted presents, some still wearing their gift tags and ribbons, chimera teams with leather driving gloves and woolly jumpers. We can't move for all the socks and scarves. They drift here in their thousands. Is that how you got here? How some of me got here, certainly. Hmm. It takes a great many lost socks to give rise to a snake of my size. I'm rolled together like pastry. (laughs) Using his tail to point, Atticus directed Kip's attention towards a yellow diamond halfway along his body. "'That sock belonged to a poet who couldn't rhyme if his toes were cold.' "'He pointed at another, which was off-white and rather grubby. "'And this one protected an intrepid explorer from frostbite. "'I know all their stories. "'I'm made from them.' "'Kip stared.' at the hundreds of different diamonds patterning Atticus's body. It's wonderful, of course. I know so much. I'm wise with experience. I'm much greater than the sum of my parts. But it's tiring, too. Every inch of me aches, Kip. And not just for past lives led in the elsewhere world. "'Every sock comprising my length and breadth "'yearns to be reunited with its missing half, "'to be complete again, a matching pair. "'There's nothing I can do for them. "'It's too late, we're too changed. "'We're something else now. "'I'm... this.' "'Kip thought about the sheer shrike how it sought to rebuild its cocoon, how it wanted to curl inside it, how change meant never going home. Hey, said Kip, and he touched Atticus very lightly with his hand. Back home, there's this museum. It's full of great stuff. It's got a dressed flea and the horn of a narwhal. It's got snakes in great big tanks and dinosaur bones and dodos. But there's nothing like you there. There's a circus me and Sprat would go to. Fatty Barnstorms. He's got a tiger called Pinstripe. And there's Petula, the human projectile. She gets fired from a cannon. People ooh and ah. But if they saw you, Atticus, if they saw you... They wouldn't believe their eyes. Ah, Everyone is afraid of me here. I'm not Atticus. I think you're pretty amazing. And if Sprat were here, she'd think you were amazing too. After eating his fill of caramels and coconut cracknel, Kip put a handful of chocolates into the back pocket of his jeans and then followed Atticus through more sediment-scented grottoes. They crawled through a tunnel into another cavern and found themselves blinded by daylight. Last one out is a toe-biter, announced Kip. (sighs) Atticus hushed him. He pointed with his tail to the body of the shear-shrike lying on the floor nearby. The creature was covered in a crust of dirt, inches thick, its beak clogged with muck. We're not alone, whispered Atticus. Only now did Kip see the cavern's walls, floor and ceiling were crawling with large brown beetles. There was a loud popping noise as one launched its fat, drab body into the air, trailing grey powder from its backside. Ah, Dust Cautioned Atticus. Try not to... His warning came too late. Erupting like firecrackers, the beetles took off in unison, the air turning black and unbreathable with the dirt sprayed from their bottoms. Kip staggered towards what he hoped was the exit from the cave, Dust bugs ricocheting off the walls all about him like artillery shells. He managed to crawl his way out of the cave and stand up, A dust cloud surrounding him. Atticus? (laughs) Ah, Over here. Kip froze. If Atticus was over there, then who or what had touched him on the shoulder?